Well, welcome back to another edition of the uh, Sunday Sermon Podcast from Palview Christian Church. My name is Pastor Trey Hinkle, uh, lead pastor here at Palview Christian Church. And it's great to have you with us again. If you've been uh, tracking, we've been going through the Gospel of Luke. Now, this upcoming Sunday is going to be Father's Day. And so um, we don't typically do a Father's Day or a Mother's Day sermon, uh, so to speak. We, we always take some time to acknowledge the fathers and then mothers and things like that. But um, we're kind of barreling through. However, today's podcast, it's going to seem a little different than the other ones, if you've been tracking with us, because this is a week we're going to be having kids in with us. And the thought hit me as I was preparing for the sermon and obviously this message on the podcast um, that um, with kids in the service with us the entire time, First of all, I, I don't want to go real long. And number two, I want to kind of address some things with them. And it was perfect because we're coming up to uh, the part of Luke chapter 8 where Jesus calms the storm. Well, obviously, everybody understands what storms are like. Everybody understands what it means to be afraid. Um, and, and sometimes kids don't even realize that their moms and dads sometimes get afraid as well. And so I, I just felt like this message needed to be kind of geared towards both kids and adults. And so uh, I'm going to be using some props and some visual aids on Sunday uh, that I, obviously I can't do on a, on a podcast, but I will do my best to kind of let you know what I would be talking about during those kinds of things. Um, so the first thing that I was going to be bringing out was a little toy boat. Uh, you know, summer, especially here in uh, Central Oregon, when the reservoirs are actually nice and full, Summers are a time that people take off and go boating. You know, they they take their boats out there. They're either fishing or they're water skiing or they're they're just they're just enjoying uh, the beautiful nature here in Central Oregon in their boat. Um, I, I remember one of our one of our leaders actually. I, I won't tell you who it was, but one of our leaders was had told us that they weren't going to be with us um, one particular Sunday, and so that was okay. We were able to cover. Uh, what that person was responsible for. And um, we were, this was last year and we were doing our uh, outdoor services. Well, our church is right by highway 126 here in Oregon. And um, so we got a lot of traffic that goes back and forth and it's kind of cool for them to see people out on a Sunday morning worshiping. Uh, but as we were out there and everybody was watching the stage and seeing the cars behind the stage go past, sure enough, there was the guy that, uh, should have been there, would have normally have been there at uh, our service, uh, drove right by uh, hauling his boat. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that wasn't really smart because now everybody sees where you are, right? Boats are great. Boats are great. Uh, although some people think that a boat is kind of a, a giant black hole that you just throw money into. But um, a, a lot of people love their boats and, and, and summer is a time for boating. Now, in some parts of our country, I, I know that summer is also the time where we get some pretty bad storms, especially in the, the Midwest. And so if you are a boater and you enjoy going boating, you've got to be very careful during those times. You, you don't want to take your boat out when, when the storm comes. <clears throat> because on big lakes, uh, or if you're a deep sea fisherman or whatever, um, when you're at sea and a storm hits, that can be kind of scary. Uh, the wind is howling and the waves are crashing and you definitely don't want to be on a little boat, right? That's for sure. If you don't have a big boat, it's extremely dangerous to be out there in the storm because you're in danger of being 
overturned, swamped, um, sinking. So in Luke chapter 8, Jesus and some of his disciples were out. Actually, I think all of the disciples were out on a lake in a boat. And it wasn't a huge boat. It was obviously big enough for 13 people, but it was not a cruise liner or, or anything like that. It was a fishing boat. It had sails and it had oars and it had fishing gear like nets. And when they were crossing the lake, uh, it was also called the Sea of Galilee, by the way, something scary happened. So we're in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, and I, I want the people to follow along uh, as I tell the story uh, about Jesus calming the storm. But what I'm going to be doing at church on Sunday is I'm going to actually be utilizing, since kids are there, I'm going to be utilizing a giant flannel graph board. I don't know if you know what a flannel graph is, but basically it's a, it was a tool that was used when I was growing up <clears throat> uh, in Sunday school or in children's church where uh, you see the pictures. Uh, you see a picture of Jesus walking on the water, for example, when, when that story was there, or Moses parting the Red Sea. And, and, and you would put the little characters up there, or you'd put a boat up there, or you'd put some waves up there, animals, if it was Noah's Ark. <clears throat> and uh, it would stick because uh, it had some felt backing, and the felt backing would stick to the flannel graph, and then you can move it around. And I, I just loved that. So I have created, again, this story uh, by way of flannel graph so that I can show that to the kids and to the moms and dads who are there at church on Sunday. <clears throat> and so as I read the story, I'm actually, I'm going to have them read it, and I'm going to tell the story. But for us today, because you don't get the cool um, uh, flannel graph look, I'll go ahead and read. Um, we're we're going to just start with a, with like a, a verse or two here. Okay. Um, so it begins in chapter eight, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and they set out. <clears throat> and as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep and a squall, now squall is a big, big storm that would just almost like occur. It wouldn't blow in. It would just happen, right? So a squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. And they went and woke Jesus saying, Master, we're going to drown. We're going to go drown. Now, I'm going to ask the kids there on Sunday, who thinks they're a good swimmer? Um, one lap of a regular um, swimming pool like that at our rec center, it's not an Olympic-sized pool, it's 25 meters. So if you uh, can swim 10 laps without stopping, that's 250 meters. Um, well, if you go 100 laps, that's uh, two and a half kilometers, right? Well, the lake that the disciples are sailing across would have been over five times that amount. Uh, so if they were halfway across and that storm hits, if they were to sink, they would have to uh, basically swim the equivalent of three or four hundred laps in a wreck pool um, in a storm. Now, folks, <clears throat> the idea of doing that, that's scary. And then I'm going to ask, what kind of things are you afraid of? <clears throat> what, what, what sorts of things are, are people afraid of? Um, People are scared of heights or spiders. Some people are afraid of the dark. Some people are afraid of the bullies who pick on them. We have three dogs at our house. Now, one really doesn't count as a dog. He's a chihuahua. But, uh, but the other two, they're bigger. Uh, and they have got these big, deep barks that they use when they're in their protection mode. 
Now, you would think if you hear those barks, you would think that they would not be afraid of anything, right? Their names are Lily and Sophie. And, and when Lily and Sophie, though, when they, when Fourth of July comes around, whenever there's fireworks, maybe uh, New Year's Eve, whatever, they freak out. They are not brave. They are petrified. They whine. They, they cry. They want to run away. Okay. Uh, you know, everybody's afraid of something. And the kids have to know that grown-ups are afraid of things as well. Uh, they're, they, they may be scared of not making the right decisions for the family. Uh, you know, we, we honor fathers on, on this day, um, this weekend, Father's Day. I know fathers are always afraid that they're going to mess up their kids, that they're not going to be able to provide for their family, uh, that they're scared of maybe losing their job, scared of somebody getting very, very sick. I, I know a lot of grownups are afraid of growing old. So a lot of people are afraid of a lot of things. So let's go back to the story in the Bible. Um, they, the, the disciples, because they're afraid, they go and they wake Jesus up. And they say, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And uh, as this story is being told by another gospel writer, they actually say, and don't you care about that? Don't you care? See, the disciples are afraid. And, and we're just like those disciples. We're, we're scared of many things. And when we look around to see where Jesus is, he's not being active. He's not doing anything. He's, he's laying there. Uh, we, we may think that he's not there. Now, the disciples saw that he was there, but he's sleeping, right? Now, let me ask you this. Do you think God ever sleeps? No. In fact, one of my very favorite Psalms is Psalm 121, where in verse 4, he says, Indeed, speaking of God, indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. I mean, that, that's a great verse to memorize. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. That's a memory verse that I hope the disciples had learned in their Sunday school, because for them, seeing Jesus asleep, that actually should have given them confidence. Because if Jesus wasn't very worried or afraid of the storm, then that should have given them bravery courage. Maybe they should not have been afraid either. I mean, they had Jesus there. But instead of gaining confidence, the fact that he was asleep actually made them a little bit more afraid, it seems. Sometimes it may feel like when we're afraid that God isn't there, or he's asleep. It doesn't feel like he's there. Or maybe it feels like he doesn't care about what's going on. And that's why it's a very interesting question that they ask Jesus. Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care? I mean, we're going to drown. Don't you care? Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that Jesus didn't care? <laughs> That's a funny question, I know, because of course he cared. But unlike the disciples, Jesus actually was trusting. He was trusting God. He knew that God had a plan. He wasn't worried about dying. He knew Psalm 121 verse 4, God doesn't sleep or slumber. He continues to watch over his people. So Jesus knew that he could sleep, that he could relax, even in the midst of a storm, because he knew that his father wasn't going to ever sleep, right? A long time ago, I discovered Veggie Tales. And one of the very, my favorite, very favorite Veggie Tales was uh, when Junior Asparagus stays up real late 
to watch a very scary movie on TV. It was Frankencellery. And when he goes to bed, his imagination begins to play tricks on him, and he, he begins to think of scary things that might happen. But Bob the Tomato and Larry the Cucumber, they show up there in the bedroom, and they assure Junior Asparagus that God is bigger than the Boogeyman. It's even that great song. Um, he's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. God is bigger than the Boogeyman, and he's watching over you and me. Jesus didn't have to be afraid, so he wasn't afraid. He was trusting God because God was bigger than the storm. Now, we're, we're going to continue with the story, and I'll be picking it up there in, in verse um, 25. Uh, or actually, the middle of verse 24 says, Well, so Jesus got up and rebuked, scolded the wind and the raging waters, and the storm then subsided, um, and all was calm. And uh, then he got up, okay, and, and then he said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? So Jesus actually says, listen, guys, we can trust God. God is in control, and I'll show you. He says, I'll prove to you that God is in control, and he literally scolds the wind and the waves, and everything calms down. And then he turns to them, and he says, why? Why aren't you trusting in God? that much. Oh, why, why isn't your trust in God bigger? Because God can do anything, and you need to know that. Uh, so then I'll ask the boys and girls there on Sunday, boys and girls, uh, can God do anything? You bet. Absolutely. Do you think God could have stopped the storm from happening in, in the first place? A lot of people would have liked that. A lot of people would love to have God protect them and to, to keep them, prevent any storm from happening, to never let us have to go through storms. And now, when I say storms, I don't necessarily mean the storms with lightning and thunder and, and rain or tornadoes. I, I'm afraid of tornadoes, by the way. I mean those things that happen to people in life that feel like storms, where it doesn't seem safe. Things that can be very, very scary, um, like starting a new school or um, having to uh, make a speech in front of the class, um, or, or somebody very close to you uh, being very, very sick and in the hospital, and, and maybe even dying. There are times in life that are like storms, and they make us very sad or very upset, and they make us wonder if God really cares about us. Storms can be times when our parents tell us that they are going to get a divorce, or times when a friend no longer wants to be our friend, or, or times... Uh, when we don't think that we can do what people want us to do, our teachers or or maybe our moms and dads or, or our spouses or even our bosses at work, we might wish that God would not let those storms happen to us. I mean, after all, we're taught that God loves us, right? Jesus loves me. This I know. That's what we're taught in Sunday school and in church. And so when the storms happen, we wonder, like the disciples, well, don't you care? What, what if we die here? Don't you love us? I thought you loved us. Well, you need to understand this, that God does love you. And God is good. That's what our faith is in, that God is good. Did God know about the storm? Yes. Was he asleep? No. Did God have power over the storm? Yes. You see, God did care. 
God did have a plan, and that plan was good. Now, the plan was, it looks like, that he wanted to show the disciples that they could trust him in any way, ways that they never thought that they ever could trust God about. That's why, when the storm stopped, the disciples said in verse 25, who is this? I mean, they knew who Jesus was. They, they had seen him perform miracles, but wow, this was something different. They said, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Wow. See, up until that point, they knew that God could do some things, some things. But they didn't know that God could make a storm go away, right? Calm a storm. So God, in his plan, he allowed the storm to happen so that they could find out for themselves more of who God was, more of God's power. The fact that God can do even this. Did you know that God wants you to trust him? And sometimes he will allow storms to come into our life so that we learn to trust him. Jesus asked the disciples, where is your faith? Well, faith is important. It says in the Bible that without faith, we really can't please God. So do you know what faith is? I was told one time that faith is believing even when you don't understand it. Uh, then at this point in the, uh, in the sermon, I'm going to be bringing out a little bag of things uh, that I'm going to pull out and show the kids. It's going to be a bag of things that uh, I know what they are, and I know that they work, but I don't understand how they work. For example, a cell phone, right? A cell phone. We, we don't think about cell phones. We, we just pull them out. When I open up my cell phone to make a call, I don't say, hello, hello, is this working? No, I just, I trust that it's working. Do I know how a cell phone works? No, I don't. I know that it's something to do with Wi-Fi and 5G or 6F or I don't know. I don't know how the technology works, but I know it does work, right? Or a remote control. How can I make my TV's volume go up or down? How can I look to see what's on TV with a guy just by pushing a button and I'm sitting eight feet away? How does that work? I don't know, but I do know it works. Or a microwave. You know, have you ever thought about this? You put something in a microwave and you push a couple buttons and you hit start and it makes a, a noise and... I don't know how it works, but it makes things, uh, you, you, don't, you don't feel the heat when you open it up. You don't feel the heat, but except for the heat that's coming off the food, because the food has gotten warm. Uh, hopefully, it's just food that you're putting into the, the microwave, by the way. Um, that's faith. Maybe we don't understand it fully. We don't know how it works, but we know it does work. Now, most of these disciples knew that Jesus was a pretty awesome guy who could do anything. But when crunch time came and they were in danger, they were scared. They weren't really sure that Jesus could help, especially when he was sleeping, right? So God used the storm to show them that, yes, Jesus and God can be trusted in every situation, especially in storms. So as I close, I want you to see three things that I believe that we can learn from this story. First of all, Please understand that there will always be storms. There will be storms. Sometimes storms come because of our own bad decisions. Sometimes they come because other people are making bad decisions. 
Sometimes it's the devil that likes to throw things at us so that we take our eyes off of Jesus. And sometimes it's actually God wanting us to exercise our faith muscles so that we can become strong in our faith because another storm is going to come. And it depends on how we do in this storm to see if we're going to actually be stronger for the next one. Now, just because bad things happen does not mean that God is asleep or not there or doesn't care. It makes me sad when people don't understand that. When they pray and God does something different than what they wanted him to do. And so instead of seeing it as a way to trust God more, they use that 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 uh, event as an excuse to not believe in God anymore. We need to understand bad things are going to happen because there is sin in this world. But one day we are promised that God is going to make everything new again and there won't be any more struggles or any more scary things that happen. But until that day, Jesus says in this world, there will be storms. Number two, storms aren't always from God, but God will always use them. Storms aren't always from God, but God will always use them. I, I have heard people say that the safest place on earth is the middle of God's will. But you know what's funny? If you look at the Bible and you look at all the people in the Bible who showed faith in God, you see a different story. Peter and John and James, the rest of the apostles, they all had to deal with trouble because they were doing God's will, right? The apostle Paul, he was right there in the middle of God's will. He was doing everything that God wanted him to do. And he got beat up. He got lied about. He got thrown into prison. He got shipwrecked. He got snake bit, all because he was following God. And God's will led him into those situations, those storms. Did God not love Paul? No, God loved Paul deeply. But God had a plan for Paul. Yes, Paul was in God's will, and things were hard. Storms don't mean that we're doing something bad, necessarily, and that God is punishing us. Not necessarily. So instead of asking God, why me? If you look at there was a cartoon of Hagar the Horrible one time, um, and, and he was asking the heavens. He was looking up at God saying, why me? And uh, a voice came from heaven that says, why not you, right? So instead of saying why, maybe it's better to ask, well, what do you want me to do in this situation? Uh, what do I need to learn? Where do I need to go? Number three, the final lesson is the devil will always want us to choose fear over faith. The devil will always want us to be afraid because that means that we're not trusting God. He does not want us to stand firm in faith because he knows that we'll see that God is faithful once again. And then our belief in God actually will grow stronger. He doesn't like that. So, someone who's scared will often, like my dogs, run away and hide. But sometimes people who are scared can't even move. They get paralyzed. God wants us to move. God wants us to work for his kingdom. So if the devil can make us run away from our post that God has put us in, or if the devil can make us not able to move, become paralyzed, when Jesus says, charge, then guess what? He can win these little battles, can't he? He can make us not do what God wants us to do. Do you know how I know that the disciples weren't going to die in the storm? Because Jesus had called them to do something very important for God. 
These were the men who were going to go out and tell the world about Jesus for the very first time when Jesus went back up into heaven. See, when God appoints you to do a job, when he wants you to do a job for his kingdom, do you know that he promises, first of all, to protect you so that you can do the job? And then he's going to give you the tools and the strength to get her done. So when the storms come, God wants us to see them as ways to prove his power, that he's real, that he's still at work in our lives. And when we feel weak, when we feel frightened, Paul says that's when God's strength and courage can be seen the best. Yes, God is bigger than the boogeyman. He's bigger than Godzilla or the monsters on TV. And he's bigger than the boogeyman who watches over you and me. The song goes on. So are you frightened? No, not really. Are you worried? Not a bit. I know whatever's going to happen, that God can handle it. And now I know that God is taking care of all of us. You know, when I was a kid, there was something that happened one night that made me very afraid. I thought I saw somebody in my room there in the dark. Now, I know that it was just my imagination playing tricks on me. But you know what was so cool? As I was there, afraid, laying there in my bed in the dark without even thinking, you know what I did? I called out to my daddy. Not even thinking about it. It just came out. Daddy! Today is a day that we thank God for our earthly daddies. This weekend is. And we're thankful that our daddies do take care of us. And they do protect us. And they do give us what we need. Do you know where daddies learn how to do that? Did you know that God is called our heavenly father? When Jesus taught us to pray, he, he taught us to say, to call God, not just God, but our father. See, God wants us to see him as our perfect daddy, one who loves to hear us call for him when we're afraid. Even though it seems like Jesus may have been disappointed when he asked, where's your faith? I can assure you that it was a good thing for them to wake Jesus up because they knew that if they were going to be saved, it was going to have to be Jesus that would be involved. So I would love to encourage you to let the times that you're afraid bring you actually closer to God, your heavenly father, to call out to him. That's the best thing to do. Daddy, help me. And he promises to give you the strength to face whatever it is that you are afraid of. All right. Well, that's the uh, sermon. Again, kind of short and uh, kind of basic. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a good message for both kids and adults to hear. I, I uh, hope you're going to have a blessed week this week. Um, thanks to my crew, Lisa Welly, who gets these things up on the uh, podcast uh, platforms. Uh, Steve Pittman, uh, who does all the tech work uh, here at the church. If you're ever uh, finding yourself on the weekend in Central Oregon, in the uh, Redmond-Prineville area, uh, that's where Powell Butte is, right? Between Redmond and Prineville. Um, beautiful little area. I'd love to have you join us. And if you do, swing, uh, swing by and say hi to me and say, hey, we heard you on the podcast. So that would be a very encouraging thing to do. May God bless you, and we'll talk to you next.